Good morning. Our reading is Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithful, faithfulness continues through all generations. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Uh, thanks for being here on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, we are here to worship God, and what a great morning uh, to gather with you. Uh, about 15 years ago or so, uh, an anonymous donor gave an advertising agency in Florida a gift of $150,000 to start a campaign that ended up going nationwide and getting more anonymous donors into the millions but when it started, it had humble beginnings, and th this was a campaign of sayings on billboards from God. I don't know if any of you saw these. You might have been driving years back, and you saw the all-black backgrounds with the white letters, and then it had a dash that said God. So these were like quotes. If God were sending us messages as we're driving around and looking at billboards. So let's look at a few of them I brought along this morning. They're, they're supposed to be fun and thought-provoking. That love thy neighbor thing, I meant that. God. Just a fun reminder, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it's a great biblical uh, billboard for us to keep in mind as we're uh, thinking about what God might say. Here's another one. Well, you did ask for a sign. <laughs> very creative, very fun. It won, it won some advertising awards, I know that for those of you in the marketing and advertising world. Here's another one. What part of thou shalt not didn't you understand? God. Referencing the Ten Commandments and maybe how uh, we're acting and behaving. And then this last one. Don't make me come down there. God. Now this one made me laugh. But is it biblically correct? Would God say that? Because if we really look at the scriptures, he's already come down here. He came down in the person of Jesus Christ who walked the earth 2,000 years ago. Not in a land far, far away, but in a land we know about. And no rational historian today would suggest that there wasn't a man named Jesus who walked the earth. He did come down. And we, this series is asking the question, God, are you up there? And we answered last week as we launched the series, God whispers back by his Holy Spirit to each one of us, I'm not a distant God. I'm not an aloof God. I'm right here. I'm right next to you. I'm dancing when you dance. I'm weeping when you weep. I love you. And we talked about the love of God and our theme for the year being deep and wide. Our program year theme is deep and wide. God's love is so deep. No matter where we're at in our lives, no matter what we're wrestling with, we can embrace and receive that deep love. 
And it's so wide because we can then share it with all people. God's love is wide enough for the whole world, and we are called as God's people, as Christians, to share that love wide, as wide as we can with the community and the world around us. We brought up uh, our mission statement as a church last week, and here it is, and let's read it together. Here we go. To enable all to come, connect, and commit to Jesus. One more time. To enable all to come, connect, and commit to Jesus. That's why we exist as a church. Why this building is here at this location to gather us. The church is the people of God who gather. It's never the brick and mortar. It is the people of God. And we're existing, our mission as a, as a, as a people, as a community of faith, is to live this out. And last weekend, if you weren't here, we lifted up the, the Alleluia loop. Um, a way where we can engage as brothers and sisters in Christ to have our focus be on Jesus, but also looping around in a consistent way through worship, through learning, and through serving. Last weekend, the scripture was from Ephesians. Paul wrote to the first century Christians, and he had a prayer for them. And I echo that prayer for this church in three ways. One, that this program here, we will grasp the love of Christ. That we know the love of Christ. That's number two. And that we are filled to the full with the experience, the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. To grasp the love, but then to know it, to experience it. And as a church, be filled to the full, each of us, with that incredible, incredible gift of God's real presence in our lives. God is not some distant God. God came to walk the earth. And when Jesus spoke, God spoke. And when Jesus went to a cross, it was God expressing his love for you. And when he rose from the grave, it was God conquering sin and death so that we too, by faith, can conquer sin and death. This is my prayer for Alleluia, that the love that fueled God's Son to and through a cross is the love that you will know and experience this year in your life. As we think about uh, moving forward, we do have a core value uh, that talks about worship, and we're going to move into that uh, conversation today, uh, God and our worship. God, are you, are you here? Um, we have a core value at Alleluia that, that speaks to this, and what, if, you, if you don't know it, uh, read along with me, but if you do know it, read along too. Here we go. We worship God, not tradition. We worship God. That doesn't say traditional worship. It says tradition. Every church has a tradition. There could be a church 30 years old, and their tradition is contemporary. Or their church is 150 years old, and all they do is traditional. This doesn't say that. This says we worship God, not the tradition, or any tradition, not even Alleluia's tradition. And if we become a people who worship our past or worship our tradition, when we gather for worship, we've lost our focus. We are to be gathered together, as Luther says. He says, we are called, gathered, enlightened, and made holy by the Holy Spirit when we gather for worship. God is present, and we are to worship the living God, not the, the pastor we like to hear preach or the songs we like to sing. Those are preferences. And we are all entitled to our preferences. 
but we worship God, not any tradition. And this fuels us as we move forward as a congregation. And I love Psalm 100. So if you have your Bibles, I want to go through this with you verse by verse. It's a short verse, but a powerful verse as we think about worship. Why are we here? What are we doing? Is God present? Where should our heart be? Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, What's the name of this church? Yeah, you kind of walked into that one. I set you up. Do you know our name officially has an exclamation mark after it? Do you know if you get an email from someone on staff and they say, oh, thank you for helping out at Hallelujah! We're not shouting at you. You might think, why is the pastor putting exclamation marks after Hallelujah all the time? It's the name. It's our, as we are a nonprofit organization, that's the official name. So it's Hallelujah Lutheran Church. And man, does that mess up spell check every time we try to do something here. But it's not Hallelujah. It's Hallelujah, which translates praise the Lord. So what's the name of our church? What is it? Yeah, the psalmist encourages us to remember that. We're so good at shouting other things. I've shouted some things when I'm driving my vehicle at other motorists. We shout when we're excited. We shout when we're angry. I shouted at my television set last Sunday night. We shout at ball games. We shout in the gym. I shout so much, I get the look. I get the look that you're kind of loud. I know, I'm cheering. I'm sorry. We shout like crazy at concerts. And then we come to worship. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas over. Really? God is here. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God is moving and breathing among us. Luther and tr- the Lutheran tradition suggests God is here in word and sacrament. We worship grounded in word and sacrament. God's holy word is living and active, and when it's spoken and the gospels proclaim, faith is created. And when we gather at the font for sacraments, the Holy Spirit is moving and, and connecting through the waters of baptism. And when we come up later for communion, the Holy Spirit is, is reminding us and telling us Jesus is truly present here in his body and blood and we are connecting with him and the whole Christian church in profound and wonderful ways shout to the Lord all the earth what's the name of this church amen to that let's look at verse 2 again worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs that's a command and I think it's interesting when we hear a command, we better know what we're talking about. Churches, we, we have a lot of buzzwords, and worship is one of them. What does it mean? When you break that word down, when you actually go back into the etymology of the word, and you get into the breakdown in the ancient languages that, that it's come from, and the Old English, and the Dutch, and the German, and what, what, what does this word mean? Well, it's two syllables, 
And without going into great detail, the first half is worth. Worthiness. The second half, ship, from the old skip or skipped, there is this ascribing worth, giving just due to worthiness. Worship is giving God God's just due for being God. We worship the Lord. We ascribe worth to him, what God deserves for being the author of the universe. It's not just come through the doors and, hey, we're here, let's do this. And no, This is an opportunity to be in the presence of God and one another in our worship life, and it's ascribing worthiness to the Creator. And the psalmist unpacks that as we continue forward. And then we hear a command, and we, we want to pause sometimes when we hear commands in Scripture and say, why? Why worship? Okay, we get what it means, Pastor Tim. We get ascribing worth to God, but why would we do it? And I love when the Bible answers that question in the next verse. So look with me in verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Know the Lord is God. That's another nice way of saying and admitting, we are not. I'd love to have you do this once in a while at Hallelujah. I think it keeps us in our proper place as we think about our relationship with God. Turn to someone sitting next to you right now and say with a little attitude, you ain't God, baby. Go ahead and say that to somebody right now. You ain't God, baby. <laughs> and the reality is, sometimes we forget that. From the beginning of the creation story with first man and first woman, they wanted to be God. The devil got into their heads and said, oh, God doesn't want you to disobey him because if you do, he knows you'll be just like him. And humankind went, we will? Awesome. Let's be just like God. I want to be just like God because I am the God of my own universe and the whole world revolves around me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You are a part of an incredible creation from an incredible creator who knit you together just the way he wanted you to be in your mother's womb. And you have come to breathe in life that that creator has given you. You are the dust of the earth. And from the dust of the earth, you will return. And God says, I'm going in that time span, going to use you to be a part of my kingdom. And I'm going to fill you to the full measure with my presence if you let me. I'm going to allow you to worship and learn and serve about me in my deep and wide love. And I want you to be a part of that. God is God and we are not. Worship the Lord with gladness. Why? Because God is God. And we're here to ascribe that glory, that praise, that worthiness to God that he deserves. Not only does verse 3 answer the question, but so did God in the Old Testament. God gave Moses ten commandments. And he had one that had a lot to do with what we're talking about today. In Lutheran tradition, it's the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Sabbath, originally meaning the last day of the week, Saturday. But now Sabbath in Christian circles has become Sunday, but also now Saturday as we worship on the weekends in a lot of our Christian churches. Sabbath is really more now the time. 
the time of rest, the time you set apart. And as we move to the end of this commandment, the word holy, again, breaking down a word, if you peel back all the layers of the word holy, do you know what it really just means? It means set apart. It means other. It means, in our Christian thought, then, set apart for God. Consecrated for God. Put aside for God. And God says, I gave you seven days a week. I'm asking for one where you carve out some time for me and you worship and you rest and you re-energize and restore your soul because God knew when he made us that we, if we went six days all out but rested a seventh, we'd be much more effective the next week than going seven days straight. That's why I'm concerned a little bit as I age and as I have gone through the youth sports game, I'm concerned about Sabbath time for parents and for their kids. It's not picking on sports. I love sports more than, than anyone else I know. And we, we struggle and we find that time each weekend where we can make it work. We have to set it apart as it comes our way. We're like, oh, we got a tournament this weekend, but oh, we can go Saturday because our games are in the morning. Remember the Sabbath day is a commandment to set aside that time, to make it holy, to make it a part, to give it to God. Why? Because God is God. What an incredible opportunity to worship together at Alleluia. Well, you've heard a lot from me this morning. I thought it would be interesting if we heard some more about worship from our worship and music director, Jeffrey Jensen. Um, I've got a couple chairs. I'm going to get him situated as he comes up here. And I just want to ask him a few questions about worship. You know, you get to hear him a lot and his incredible gifts uh, of musicianship, uh, but we don't get to hear him or speak about worship or his heart. So come on up here. Let's welcome Jeffrey Jensen to the front here this morning. Good morning. And I want to get uh, the ball rolling with some Q&A with you, Jeffrey, by simply asking you, as worship leader here at Alleluia, what is your goal? What is your goal as a worship leader when we worship? Um, I would say, first and foremost, my goal as the worship leader is to, uh, to bring authentic worship to the feet of Jesus. Authentic, heartfelt, pure worship. Um, as well to create environment for you, the congregants, to come and feel comfortable and to feel empowered to worship, no matter how you came in, whether you came in distracted, um, if you came in uh, ready to, to lay it all out there, if you came in from a busy day or thinking, oh, I do have a busy day coming up, I, I, I hope to create a space, we hope to create a space where this is where you feel comfortable meeting with Jesus. Awesome. So we're bringing, we're bringing that worship to God, not just going through the actions. Yeah. Um, what is your hope for the worshipers out there um, in our worship time? What is your hope for everyone out there? I'd say my hope is always, and my goal is always to challenge you, to challenge you as worshipers to think deeper about what we are doing, that it's not just the motions, it's not just reading the lyrics on the screen, but it's to think about what are we actually saying and what are we putting down at the feet of Jesus. Um, as well, I would say that uh, just to empower you to feel comfortable to worship. Because that is what we are created to do. Awesome. I have an interesting question for you. Um, 
what would you say to the worshiper who's come through those doors or comes through those doors on a regular basis and their disposition is, I don't like to sing or I don't want to sing. You come in and you're just, that's who you are. You go, I don't like to sing, I don't want to sing. What do you say? I would refer back to Martin Luther, as you typically do, <laughs> and uh, his statement is, those of you who are unaffected by worship music are clodhoppers, and you deserve the music of the pigs. Wow. So that's what he said. <laughs> Not my words, Martin Luther's words. Now, that, you're kidding, right? Yes. I'm yes, you're absolutely kidding. Absolutely kidding. Yeah, but it's a great quote, and sure. it's funny. I would say, come as you are. Uh, God created you to worship, to express love and gratefulness um, th- and, and just the, the understanding that the gravity of the sacrifice that was made, that we are coming into the presence and bringing that back to him with thankfulness and full-heartedness. Um, I would also say for those who don't like to sing, music may be the most widely accepted conduit of worship currently in the church, especially in this nation, but... I don't think God cares about that as much. I mean, we obviously strive to bring excellence. We want to, our sacrifice uh, and our offering needs to be the best that we can do. But I don't believe that the, the right note or the right instrument being played or sung is as important to God as is the heart of the worshiper, that we are bringing, all of us are bringing our very, very best and our fullest. Thank you, Jeffrey. One of the interesting things um, uh, is song selection when we worship. Um, one of the things I've, I know I've grown to really appreciate about you, Jeffrey, is um, your incredible ability to pick out songs that, that connect with the scripture, um, that, that, that help us uh, go with the theme maybe in the series or that particular weekend. Um, how, do you, how do you go about selecting those songs. What is your process for that? I think it would be interesting for people to hear that. So you have a big wheel. I spin the wheel, and then whatever song comes <laughs> up, spins, that's what that's what's spins next. Spins a wheel. That's not true. No, you I don't, don't. I don't he have has, a wheel. He does not have a wheel. What I, I typically that. do, I, I communicate with the pastors. Uh, whoever's preaching that Sunday, I go and speak with them. I want to know their direction, um, where they are, w- which scripture they are referencing, and I will dive into the scriptures. Um, there are so many composers and songwriters and lyricists out there who are so ordained by God to put the scriptures into song form. I am not that person, so I don't even try to do that out of my own stuff. But I will seek those songs that do that. Um, Secondly, I like to follow the liturgy. I like to tell a story, the story that we are all here because of, the story of grace, of love, of sacrifice, and of resurrection. That there, is, uh, that there is power in this story that says we are created and we are here for a purpose. Awesome. It's good to know that you don't have a wheel that you're spinning. Finally, um, the sermon title for today is uh, God in Our Worship. So simply to ask you this very simple but very profound question, where is God when we worship? See, I would say that's an easy answer. I would say God is here, as simple as that. Um, and when Pastor Tim sent me the questions over the week, or this past week, I had to go in and change it and um, change the question that he asked. He asks, where is God when we worship? But I, I want to put out there, where are we when we worship? Where are you when you worship? Is your heart in this place seeking the presence of God? Or are we going down our checklist 
Are we looking at, you know, I have, I have A, B, and C to do today, and church is part of that, so check, 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 we're done. I'm check my watch the entire time, make sure the pastor's not preaching too long or the music's not going too long. I'm on my phone making sure everything's going. Are we here looking to experience the presence of God? He is here. So back to your question, where is God during worship? God is here. It is, uh, Psalm 22 says, God inhabits the praise of His people, the worship of His people. We, we come, we sing, we worship, we pray, we are in worship. God is right there with us. Awesome. Let's give Jeffrey a hand. Thanks, Jeffrey, for your insights on worship, and thank you. Thank you. I just want to wrap up and tag on uh, to something uh, Jeffrey said. God is here, truly present. Uh, a great question that Jeffrey asked, where are we? Uh, as God prepares to meet with us, are we uh, prepared as worshipers to meet with God? And I'm reminded uh, in conclusion uh, of Jesus who uh, tells us in Matthew uh, chapter 18, and he says these words, whenever two or three of you gather together in my name, he says, I'm there with you. Think about that for a second and let that sink in. I'm no math major, never pretended to be one. But I'm looking around and I'm guessing there's at least two or three here, right? This morning, would you say there's at least two or three people here this morning? And when we gather together in the name of Jesus, he promises, I'm there with you. Does that change your perspective of worship at all? One last encouragement for parents out there. I'm a pastor, but I'm also a dad. And yes, believe it or not, over the course of the years, my kids at one time or another have said to us as parents, do we have to go? They don't always, that's not their disposition usually. They, they understand it's part of our, our lives together. And I think deep down, both of our kids have enjoyed coming to worship. But just like you and me, there is those times, do I have to go to worship? Not that any of you parents have ever heard that from any of your kids. And we've always responded to them over the years, you don't have to go to worship. And they get kind of, what, wait, what, wait, did he just, did he just say, you don't have to go to worship, you get to go. You get to go and experience the love of God in Christ. You get to go and bring your heart to God. We get to do this. I'm reminded of the people in China, the underground Christian church who have to walk miles in secrecy just to gather with their lives on the line for being Christians. And we get to do this freely and come into this worship space and know that when we worship, God is not up there. God is truly present. May we pray. God, how amazing and wonderful and humbling it is to think as we gather in this space, in your name, you are present with us. You speak to us through the scriptures. 
You meet us in the sacraments. You move through us as the community of faith. You stir our hearts to worship you with praise and prayer. God, keep us as a church ever mindful of your true presence when we gather for worship. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, Amen.